Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have an opportunity to talk to you all for a few minutes tonight. I'm going to have to ask a favor. You're going to have to listen fast because I've got a lot to say, and I know I don't have a lot of time to say it. So I just need to, to really tune in because I do believe what we're talking about tonight has, has uh, extreme importance for our walk. We've spent a lot of time in Ephesians over the last two weeks. Uh, we've, we've spent time looking at the first three chapters and, and seeing the great gifts that God has in store for us uh, if we're in Christ. And, and we looked at the last three chapters and get to see a practical working out of those gifts. And, and I, I just want to, to get to impress upon you that the way Paul ends this letter is, is pretty powerful. And, it, and the way he ends it makes, it makes me kind of think this is something he really, truly wants us to understand. And so I'm going to read uh, a few verses this morning, uh, this morning, Ooh. this evening out of Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to I challenge you to hear them because they're, they're not often, uh, in this section of scripture, it's not often the, the text that we talk the most about. Uh, but, it, but it may have uh, more importance than anything we've read so far through the book of Ephesians. But in verse 10 of chapter 6, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all stand to stand firm. So what I really want to spend a few minutes talking about this evening is the realness of this spiritual warfare. And we don't spend a lot of time talking about that. And, and, and I want to take a minute for us to realize and come to, a, come to a practical understanding that Satan is real. Sometimes I think he's just the little guy that sits on our shoulder that we've seen depicted sometimes. And I don't think we quite often realize the, the severity and how powerful he is. There's two, there's two mistakes we often make as Christians, and, and they're both extremes. And so I'm going to challenge you this evening to try to stay out of those extremes. All right, One, ex, one extreme is that we underestimate who he is. We underestimate the power that he has. The other extreme is that... What's the opposite of that? We underestimate him, right? So we overestimate him and underestimate him. And I'm here to tell you right now, both are dangerous places to live. And we as Christians need to acknowledge who he is, realize who he is, so that we understand who the enemy is. Part of Paul's message here is for us to, to finally see him for who he is and quit waging war against the wrong areas of our life. And because there's dangers in these extremes, if we if we overestimate uh, who Satan is, we we've granted him so much power in our minds that it's paralyzing. We can't function, we can't move because we're in this place of fear, and it cripples us, and it it hinders us from doing what God intended for us to do, which is to walk, to stand. We don't stand very well when we're when we're crippled with fear. And if we give Satan more power than he's due, we're going to be in that place. We're going to be crippled with fear. If we under, underestimate who Satan is, then he blindsides us. And the times in my life that I've been blindsided by Satan, I, I inevitably blame the wrong person. Sometimes I blame my family. Sometimes I blame my friends. Sometimes I, I go a step further and I blame God. 
Because I'm, I'm so unprepared for what Satan's doing. I'm so unprepared for the things that he is causing in my life and the conflict he's causing in my life that it's paralyzing. And, and, and I don't want us to get to one of these extremes. I want us to identify who he is, know who he is, and then listen to what Paul says about it. Because there's three things that Paul talks about in this text that I really want to draw, draw out. I'm actually only going to talk about two of them. Somebody else is going to talk about the third one. But the what, why, and how. Y'all have heard that before if, you, if you're in class. What, why, and how, and identify that in the text. And so what, uh, what we need to do is to be strong in the Lord. Finally, he says, hey, I've come to this point. I've, I've shared with you what this life in Christ looks like. I've shared with you the blessings of it and now and the practical application of those blessings. But now we're here. We're here at this place where I need you to understand what it looks like to be strong. To be strong. Finally, be strong. Anytime you can find this concept of be strong in Scripture, whether it's Joshua uh, or with David, it's because God is with them. The strength comes from God. And, and I want to challenge us to understand that there is a difference. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, I want you to picture, because I've, I've seen this a lot over the years of watching, uh, watching my boys play football when they were in high school. I've seen this, and I call it the... Uh, well, I probably shouldn't. We may get there. But, you know, have you, have you ever seen these guys that are just, I mean, man, they got muscles bulging out of everywhere, right? And, and the first the first thing you think of is, whoo, I bet that dude's strong. I bet that dude's strong. And, and I've seen guys like that on a football field where they've got muscles bulging out of every, everywhere. I mean, they look good on a calendar, but I'm not sure how strong they really are. And see, what I've understood the difference in that one statement that Paul, let, Paul says, he says, be strong in the Lord, and there's another part to it, and in the strength of his might, or in the strength of his power, the same power that's used in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to come on you with power. It's the exact same word. Here's what I know. You can look strong, but in order for somebody to see your power, you got to use the strength. It's no good if it's on a calendar. It's got to be usable. It, 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 we all know it. There's no one sitting in here tonight that doesn't know that God is strong. But are we using the power that he has granted each of us? That's the question. We acknowledge that God's strong. But are we tapping into his power? Are we allowing ourselves to be used by God so that God can not only display his strength, but can display his power through the Holy Spirit? The same Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Think about that for a second. That's how powerful it is. So what do we need to do? We need to be strong in the Lord. Why? Because there's this guy named Satan. And Satan's pretty crafty. Genesis uh, chapter 3, the serpent was the most crafty of all of the creation of the, of the beasts of the field. But he uses a word here again in verse 12. Uh, let me finish in verse 11. That you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For, you, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
I love that Paul goes as far as to identify this. And he uses the word wrestle. I didn't wrestle. I don't even really like watching wrestling. But but one of the things that I know is if you're a wrestler, like Nathan Boyles was a wrestler, if you're a wrestler, it requires a lot of energy. It's it's a full-on contact sport. It's going to exhaust you. And, and Paul is encouraging us to wrestle, but to identify who we're wrestling against. And, and that's part of my message tonight that I really want you to hear. That's super important to hear. Because it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There's been so many times in my life that I'd like to blame someone else for the things going on in my existence. These people are conspiring against me. This person created a, a, a stumbling block for me. And, and I get frustrated with people. How many of y'all get frustrated with people? How many of y'all get frustrated with circumstances? Here's the crazy part. The devil is scheming for you to think that way. Because that's not the battle. That's never been the battle. How sad would it be that we would never be able to sip the cup of victory that Jesus had over Satan because we've been fighting the wrong battle. Our battle is against Satan, not against people. Satan uses people. And he uses them powerfully. But he gets us thinking people are the problem instead of himself. What a great deception he has become. He'll even use Christians. In Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 16, right after Peter Peter has this amazing confession, uh, this this finally Peter gets it right. We see a lot of things through Scripture where Peter gets it wrong. But when Jesus asks, asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter pipes up and says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is like, you got it. Peter must have been pretty proud of that in that moment that he got it right. And it says, on that confession, I will build my church. And immediately following in Matthew chapter 16, he goes into, into this, this idea that he starts telling his disciples for the third time, the Son of Man must suffer and die. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be beaten and crucified and killed by the scribes and the Pharisees and the rulers. But he's going to rise again on the third day. And Peter's reply, he pulls Jesus aside and he says, Hey, Jesus, you got to quit talking like that, man. You're scaring everybody. You got to quit talking like that. And Jesus' reply to, to Peter is, Get behind me, Satan. You're too fixated on man. You're separating me from the intent that God had for me. But he identifies Satan in the mix. See, Satan had taken Peter's heart captive in that moment and used Peter because the one thing, the one thing Satan didn't want is for Jesus to hang on that cross. Satan did not want Peter to be hanging. Satan didn't want Jesus to be hanging on that cross because it meant victory for Jesus. It meant that the sins of all mankind had the opportunity to be, opportunity to be wiped clean. And that victory would be his. We live in a time, in an era in our culture, in our, in our history, where we have a lot of people blaming a lot of other people for a lot of things. And I'm challenging you, the church, to see Satan in it. Identify the foe. Quit wrestling the, with the wrong people. Start identifying the Satan in this. And, and so, 
what we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna be strong in the Lord. Why? Because the devil has schemes against you. How are we gonna do that? That's what I love about Paul. He's very practical. He doesn't just point out a problem. He gives us a way to beat it. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. I think you guys have probably heard, especially those of you who have grown up in the church, I think probably most of you have heard this, that God has a plan for you. If you've heard that, raise your hand. I'm going to tell you something that might lock your brain up for a second. Satan has a plan for you too. Yes. Because his plan is destruction. And y'all need to hear that. Y'all need to hear that, that God has a plan, but you also need to hear that Satan has a plan. But I don't want you to think that God and Satan, that, that Satan is God's opposite. Meaning he, he is not all-knowing, all-present. He's not those things. He has to ask permission from God. He can't be in all places. He can't have all knowledge. He is not equal to our Creator. He doesn't have. This is the crazy part that we, man. I, I, if I can figure out the, how to do this the rest of my life, I'll be doing good. Satan has no power unless we give it to him. He is powerless. He gains his power from us, relinquishing ours in Christ. Be strong. Stand firm. This is a battle. This is a battle that we might not be able to see in our in our flesh, but this is a battle that goes on daily for your eternal existence. Acknowledge what it is. Stand firm and fight.